Here we go. Okay. Some ideas about Emmer. And specifically, in the beginning of this parsha, we have some very powerful lessons about Chinuch. Mm-hmm. Chinuch, which is education. Um, and there's different, there's all types of education. There's the most common understanding of education, which is children, right? A, a, a parent to a child or a teacher to a child a and so on. You, you know something about education. I've, I've heard about it. There's a great... Just, Where did you say anything? No, no, no. Everybody should know about this guy's coming to town. Uh, Thursday night. Rabbi uh, Russell? Russell. Dr. Russell, yeah. You should check him out. He's a bald, uh, Top nuts. super, super guy with... Uh, how you help build strong, healthy families. Okay, but I don't know, maybe. But Chinuch is about children. Chinuch is not just about children, because children come in all sizes, as we know. And Chinuch is everyone has the um, mitzvah and the obligation and the schus of teaching someone else, because everyone knows a little bit more than someone else, and everyone is able to teach. Um, so Chinuch is much broader than just the uh, narrow uh, you know, way of thinking that is for kids who are six years old or something. Chinuch is education, which is really um, Torah learning, is about learning and teaching. So, the beginning of Emmer we have, the first Pasuk. Hashem al emer el Talk, or tell the Koyanim, sons of Aaron, and tell them, lenefesh lo yitamo bi'amov, that they should not become impure, um, to a, to a, to a um, by coming in contact with a not with a person who's passed who passed away. So, but we have over here a double lushan or a redundancy because it said emor elakonim, talk to them va'marta aleihem and tell them, you know, t- talk to them and tell them why the double lushan. So Rashi comments from the Gemara, emor elakonim emor va'amarta. It says here twice, talk and tell. Lahaz here gedolim al haktanim. This is one of the places where we learn the chiyuv. Lahazir literally means like to warn, to make them responsible. The gedolim, those who are greater, should be responsible also for those who are smaller, or bigger and smaller, older and younger. How does he learn that from Emor and Marta? So because Emor is to tell them, and Marta is that they should be telling someone else. Right, so you tell all the koanim, and the koanim should be telling to their kids. Mm-hmm. So this is the Emor via Marta, that double lusher, and Rashi tells us, is telling us that it's not enough to teach someone Torah, but that that person becomes responsible to teach the Torah to someone younger, to someone who's less knowledgeable as well. This concept, this Emor Vamarta, the concept of Lahaz here, G'daylam Alaktanim, we find in the Gemara, that the Gemara talks about that in three different mitzvahs, or three different averis, actually. Three places in the Torah where the Gemara derives from an extra pasuk that there's a mitzvah of Lahaz here, G'daylam Alaktanim, that the G'dayl and the greater ones become responsible for the smaller ones, the younger ones. Where is that? Necessarily the younger ones, there could be uh, people less, less knowledgeable. Right, exactly. That's the point. Right, so I'm saying the very, the very simple shot is a G'dayl and a Katan. Oh. Uh, but as we said, as we started by saying, now education is not just about that. It's, about you know, when you know something, you can, you can pass it on, you can share it. So, let's look at the Gemara in Yuvamis, the Kufi Dalit, Amud Aleph, Amud Beis. The Gemara goes the following. There is talking about eating shrutzim, the, right. the avera, not to eat, uh, how do you say shrutzim? Is, uh, rodents. Rodents, insects. So there it says, don't eat them. Kishakasim, they're, they're an abomination, they're disgusting. So the Gemara Darshan's loisachilum, not just don't eat them, but also make sure not to give others to eat. And there again we use that expression, lahaz here, gedoilum alaktanim, to warn, 
and to make responsible the Gdoyal and the greater ones for the smaller ones. This is in Parshas Shmini, where we have the mitzvahs of, uh, of uh, different mitzvahs of Kashrus. So specifically when it talks about Shrutzim, when it talks about eating these types of insects, it says, again, the concept of warning, of a teacher of Chinuch. Of warning, of uh, warning, and uh, use that double lotion to do that. So there, yeah. the, there doesn't say Emer but there, there's an extra pasuk that says Loisalchlum. It doesn't have to say it's an extra pasuk. So we learn that from there. So that's one source. Another, Kol Nefesh Mikem Loisalchal Dam. That's actually in last week's Torah portion of Parshas Acharei, where there was a prohibition not to eat blood. So there again, the Gemara says Lahazir Gedolim Alaktanim. It's an extra pasuk. An extra pasuk to teach us not only the mitzvah that a person shouldn't eat blood, but a person should also educate others in that mitzvah as well. And finally, we have our parsha and Morva Marta, the double lashon, lahazir gedolim alaktanu. So this is this gemara in Yivamis is the source of the Rashi in our parsha. But what comes out from that gemara is that this idea of chinuch, this responsibility for the gadol, for the the, the, the gadol is responsible for the katan, is said in three places in the Torah. By the Isser, by the prohibition of eating shratzim, those insects, by the prohibition of eating blood, and by the mitzvah or the prohibition for a Kohen to become tummy. So the Gemara asks the question, and this is a common Gemara type question, why does it have to say it all three times? Right? So there's got to be a reason that you couldn't just, if I only say one, I wouldn't be able to learn it from there. Right? This is typical Gemara learning. If I only say that, I wouldn't be able to learn it because of whatever. If I only say this, I wouldn't be able to learn it. If I only say that, all three. Right? You so, also would think that this be Mazur, the Gedol Akhtan, should be the whole Torah Kula. No, it is. But this is the Why place where it three? says we learn it from these three places for everywhere else. Oh, that's the idea. So the question is so why does it have to uh, say in all three places? Everywhere else. So here's. Uh, Again, typical complicated piece of the Gemara. Well, let's read it here. Utsrich. All these three places are necessary. Mm-hmm. Necessary. If would only say the din by shkatsim. So one would say mishum di suran b'mashu. Shratzim have a special chumra, a special stringency that even a drop is usher. Even there's no kezayis, no nothing. Even a drop is a problem. Aval dam, but when it comes to eating blood, You have to drink a revius of dam in order to be chayiv. Maybe there you don't say the stringency of the chiv of chinuch. So that's why nirishkatsim is not enough. The e ashmeinon dam. If we would only say the din by dam, mishum dikakaris, because there's a special stringency by dam. There's an iser, it's an iser karis, an iser of excision. Avashratsim emaloi. Maybe not. Right. Okay. Good. So let it just say those two. The e ashmeinon hani tarti. If we would only say these two cases. Because if we would only talk about chinuch by shratsim and dam. Mishum di suran I would think these two, there has to be chinuch, because everyone, it's a prohibition that's across the board. Aval tuma, but tuma is that, that's koyen. I would think maybe for something that's only applicable to some people, so maybe you don't have the mitzvah of chinuch. So therefore, it's got to say it by koyen. No, so the kasha is, and again, in typical Gemara language, so let it just say by koyen. If one only says it in so I would say koyanim shanim. Maybe koyanim are different. Mishum deriba behen mitzvahs yeseris, because koyanim in general have their whole list of mitzvahs. They have their own extra. So maybe chinuch is for them too, but not for everyone else. Avlahani emaloi, but he's not srihi. That's why we need it in all these three places. That's the Gemara. That's the, the technical uh, Gemara, which gives us why the Torah had to tell us three times the mitzvah of chinuch, because. Each one on its own wouldn't be enough, right? As the Gemara went through all the svaras, all the steps. If we'd only say dam, I would say, well, dam is very strict because it's karis. 
It would only say Shratzim, well, because Shratzim is very strict, it's Mamashigu. If it's only Kayanim, because Kayanim have extra mitzvahs, but by saying all three, this becomes a, uh, universal. a universal concept, and we can learn that in every mitzvah and every avira, it's a chiv and a person not just to think about themselves, but also to be machanich, also to educate children and others in the performance of any particular Why would you mitzvah. think not, though? I mean, that's a different question. The, if somebody knows something, you got to teach it. Okay. From, from that Dover Pasha to becoming a mitzvah of the Torah is different. You know, um, this becomes an actual chiv of the Torah, of the Hazar of Torah Mata. Okay. You think there's a secondary reason of why Hasidim start teaching the kids by birth? Oh, there's definitely, there's definitely, there's many reasons for it. There's many reasons. Why not? Is this also a reason? That what? Because? It's talking about Hinnah and Parnas Amor right now. No. Interesting. Well, they don't start from memory. They start from the beginning of the Chumash. Interesting thought. There are, there are ideas given to that. But they start, the first day we'll read the first few psukim there, then go back to Barashas. No, it's, it's not as if we stick to Bayukra for the year. But we always, the first thing that we read with the boys is the first uh, parsha of Bayukra. Right. Okay. So this is the more technical um, side of the story of why it had to say in these three places. However, what I want to discuss a little bit is what's tackled a deeper message. Why is it that the mitzvah of Chinuch Hashem chose to write by these three uh, isurim, these three prohibitions? I mean, it's a little bit random. Of all the mitzvahs to think of, to start with Chinuch is don't eat blood, right? And, and don't eat uh, you know, caterpillars. And, you know, why dafka are these? What's the, what's the deeper message or lesson that we could use in actual Chinuch of why is it that the Torah chose these three mitzvahs to tell us the concept of Chinuch. So here is the following idea that I thought was very beautiful and very also pertinent. And it is the following. Um, of course, everyone sort of understands, like Avram said, it's, it's important to educate. You know, you got to educate. If you don't educate, nobody knows anything. And it's the responsibility. If one knows something, to teach and to share and so on and so forth. But there are times when we have certain reasons that say, it's not going to work here. Maybe we should... This is some, there's a certain area or time or mitzvah or generation or class or school where there's certain specific challenges. Well, one might think that maybe here the chinuch is just not going to go over. Maybe I should stay away from it because there's a problem. What could some of those things be? So these three mitzvahs, if you think about them, each one represents a certain challenge that might make the chinuch seem very difficult and sometimes it might feel impossible. So... One is, what's one of the hardest things when you're, try, when you're trying to educate, trying to impart something, and you're trying to change, uh, change a certain mindset or a certain behavior? Probably, maybe the hardest thing is when it's something that they've just gotten used to. Right? These children or these people are so used to this that this is just the way they live. And sometimes we want to educate, we want to teach, but I can't change it because it's ingrained. It's just the way they've been doing it. Maybe I'll just leave off this and deal with something else. The hardest thing is to un- have someone unlearn something. Right, to unlearn something that they've learned and they're used to and they're accustomed to and that's the minig in their family, right? So he says, what's unique? Let's take the mitzvah of mitzvah. What's unique about dam? One, one of the three is the mitzvah, the prohibition not to eat blood. We find something unique about blood. It's a, and I'll read from a Rashi in Devarim, Perikid Beis, Pasuk Chav Gimel. The Pasuk says, Rak chazak levilti achol dam. Hashem says, especially Mitzvah, chazak, strengthen yourself not to eat blood. So Rashi comments from the Gemara, why chazak? What's so chazak about eating blood? Yeah. It seems that at that time, at some point in history, in some places, 
they were, blood was just the thing that they drank. Shtufe means it was something that they were, what's the the right translation for shtufe? They were steeped. They were steeped in it. Even sounds the same. Shtufe means deep. In other words, the prohibition against eating blood represents a prohibition against something even if it's something that people are ingrained in, steeped in, they're so involved. Still, the Torah says, no, you get, you're not allowed to do it. So one might think when it comes to chinuch, when it comes to educating, again, children, a class, a school, people, friends, whoever, and it's something that they're so ingrained in, they're so used to, how can I come to be mechan of them? No, that's why it says it by dam, to tell you even this mitzvah of dam, which people were ingrained in, steeped in, still there's a mitzvah, not only, not, not only to keep the mitzvah, but not to... Who is, who is a steeped in drinking blood? The Jewish people were drinking blood? There were times, yeah. Or, or, or maybe the society. The society is where they lived. The society is where they lived. And, you know, what, what goes on in the streets somehow seeps into our homes many times. So the society was one that was steeped in. That's one. What about shrutzim? What's unique about the mitzvah of shrutzim, of not eating insects? So here we have an opposite concept. Who eats insects? Right? Eating insects is a very, very lowly type of behavior. So much so that the Gemara says, and I have here a quote from the Gemara in Herius, that says that people who eat insects, it's lahachis. <laughs> what does lahachis mean? It's on purpose to go against Hashem's will. Because the Gemara says, because, so, davar shenafshe shal adam bahem. Naturally, it's something that most people are disgusted by it. Most people are disgusted by it. They're out of their way to go against it. So, right. That's, so, it's not easy. Exactly. So, the Gemara says in Herius, if you see someone eating shkotzim, you should know. He's not just doing it. He happens to have a taiva for shkotzim. He's doing it because he is going out of his way to do an avir. Which means, when you see, when you come to the class, and the snack today is shkotzim, <laughs> that means this is a class, or these are people that are in a very, very low situation, very, very low level spiritually. They're doing things that are naturally disgusting to people and still they're doing it. So one might think, you know, this is a class I'm not going to educate. I'll go next door. I'll find a job in a different school. A, a, you know, a school or a class or kids or people or my next door neighbor that's so lowly that they're doing things that don't even make sense and they're just low and disgusting. So these are very, very lowly people. I'm not going to be successful with them. Says the terror, no. There too, there's a mitzvah of chinuch. Even the people who are involved in such lowly type of activities, still, there's a mitzvah of chinuch there as well. And this is another one of the mitzvahs that Hashem says, no, no, I want you to remember, chinuch was said by this mitzvah as well. Can I take the question in a minute? Why we are permitted to eat... not... What? Why you are permitted to eat grasshoppers? It's also disgusting. Interesting question. Good question. A certain type of grasshopper. There's a certain type of grasshoppers as kosher. You're saying that's very disgusting too. I'm on your team. I don't know the answer. I don't know. I, I've never eaten it, actually. I've never eaten it. <laughs> I don't even know if it exists today that we know the kosher one. I don't know. Yeah, we just, we do. Yeah, Are there people who yeah. actually do? We had a guy in Shul who did it. Remember? Really? Uh, the guy that was who passed away. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. His father says. You know the guy. Well, he died. Which builder? Well, no wonder he died. The guy, anyway, the, guy the guy, young guy, who was, the, who was the builder? Him and his wife were builders. They got the car. Oh, my car. His father would eat Chagor. Chagor? Chagor? Chagor. Okay. What's mitzvah number three? What's mitzvah number three that it says the mitzvah of Chinuch is? Tumah Vitara. What's unique about Tumah? 
Tuma, Vitara, purities, impurities are totally irrational. Totally Lamaila Manasechel. The Ramam writes, and I have to hear the quote, the Ramam in Hilchas Mikvos, Pedro Kidal of Halachi Yidbez writes, Dover, Borur, Vigolo, it's clear and revealed, Shatumais, Vataris, Xeros, Akosofain. Wherever you hear the words purity and impurity, Xeros, Akosofain. There's no way to come to this. It's not logical. One's mind cannot understand this. So Tuma Vatara represents the type of mitzvahs that are just illogical. Hashem said, that's it. And one will think, you know, I want to educate people. I want to teach some people. Let me teach some things that I can explain. Things that are rational make sense, but I'll come to them and start telling them, you know, I'm coming to, to a community and I'm meeting some people and they don't know anything about Yiddishkeit, and I'll start talking to them about things that are just make no sense just because Hashem said so. They're not going to look at me right. They're not going to agree. They're not going to understand. How could I educate them in that? Mm. So one might think maybe this is an area perhaps I'll leave for later. That's not where you started your education. So really, if you think about it, each one of these three, these three represent three different categories of people or children or situations where one might think that chinuch would be very, very difficult. Mm. Again, we're talking to, uh, the first one was, we're talking to people that are steeped in something, ingrained in something, that's their culture, how can you talk to them against it? Or, we're talking about people who are very, very lowly nat- by nature, their lahach is going against Hashem. Or we're talking about things that are totally beyond um, logic. All of those are areas where one might think that chinuch becomes something that I can't really do. And that's why the Torah chose Dafka these three places. In these three places to give us the message of Emmer Vamarto, Lahazar Agdilam Alaktanim, that yes, even in those places, and even when all arts are against us, and even when it's for sure it looks like you're not going to be able to accomplish anything because of A, B, or C, still we have the mitzvah, and therefore we're empowered not only to fulfill and keep those mitzvahs ourselves, but to pass them on and to be mechanich as well. Mm. Now, once we're there, let's talk about another few beautiful hints over here about, about the, of how to be mechanich, how to educate. So first of all, the word of the parsha is emor. Now, emor is one form of talking. When you say emor, what kind of talking are, you talk, are, we, are we talking about? Soft talking, right? Amira is lashan raka. Right, we have by Matan Torah, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Kosomar lebeis Yaakov, v'sagid lebnei Yisrael, right? So Somar lebeis Yaakov, Gemara says, Rashi says, is when you're talking to the women, talk softly. Make it easy. Don't, for the men, give them the full, you know, the full deal and make it, make it tough, right? So when it comes to chinuch, whether it's men or women, if you're educating someone, it's only going to work if it's emor, amira balash and raka. When the teacher comes in with a stick and says, this is what you got to do, doesn't work, right? There has to be, Amir has to be in a way of Raka, and that's the Remez over here, that Emma is Belash and Raka, like his Omar. And then it says, Lahazhir Hagdolam Alaktanim. What does Lahazhir mean? What does the word Lahazhir? So, on a simple level, first means like to warn, like Azhara, to warn the Gedolim to take care of the Ktanim, that you have to, you realize that you're responsible. But the word Lahazhir also means to shine. Like Zohar, Kizohar Horakia, like the shine of the heaven. And when it comes to Chinuch, excuse me, it's so important to impart how the ideas are beautiful and they're shining. Not only the, the difficulty and the toughness, but the beauty of it, the beauty of the Torah, the beauty of the mitzvahs. You know, a, a famous idea, a famous part that I think it was Ramesha Feinstein, he said that the, they asked him about some of the people that, you know, the first uh, immigrants who came to America, and a lot of them were Ramesh 
when Mesiris Nefesh for Shabbos, especially Shabbos, right? In those years, the 40s, the 50s, Shabbos was impossible. Everyone had to work seven day weeks. And a lot of people went on Mesiris Nefesh and they would lose their job every Shabbos because they wouldn't work on Shabbos. But a lot of their children went off. A lot of them children went off. And they asked Moshe the question, at least I, mean, I wasn't there, but this is what I heard. They asked him, how is it that the parents should be, should be Moshe Nefesh and the kids should, should, should leave it? And he said, he says, the Amish, the parents were Sadiqim. And they were Moshe Nefesh. When they came home, what did they say? I said, it's, 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 it's difficult, but we got to be a yid anyway. He says, that's not going to work for Chinuch. No, no, no kid is looking to have a life of Shverikat. And when the child and the father comes on, I say, it's beautiful to be a yid. And that's the their emas of Lahaz here. Lahaz here, that Yiddishkeit has to shine. We have to pass on emmer with a, with, a, with a soft expression, soft voice, but also not just to teach of the chumras and the dinam and you got to do this and you got to do that. You have to show the beauty and the shining nature of Yiddishkeit and that is extremely helpful in passing it over in the chinuch to that next generation or that younger person, again, younger in age, younger in knowledge, younger in experience in that chinuch. That's a big thing in Hasi. For sure, without a, without a doubt. In fact, all Hasidus is based on the book of the Zohar, yeah. which means to shine. Right? The name Correct. Zohar means Zohar to shine, and the Zohar was written by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, whose yard site is next week, Lag Baomer. Right? Which actually, Tuesday night, I don't know that we're going to have a share. There's so much Lag Baomer things going on. I'll probably tell you now. We're probably not going to have next Tuesday night. Okay. Having said that, let's hop around a little bit more. Um, notice it says Lahazir Gidolim Al Haktanim. Right, the, the teachers right. should give over to the. But if you think about the lahaz here is to shine, so we're really saying that the gedolim will shine. And here we have another important concept that whenever you teach something, you gain first. Uh-huh. We grow when whenever we teach a concept of Torah or a mitzvah or anything, we give over that adds to us, not only to them. Now that's not the reason why we have to be mechanach, but it's a fringe benefit. When you teach, you strengthen yourself. And there's a beautiful uh, statement of the Gemara in Temura that I want to read here. Uh, Temura Daftazayin. It says it, says, it brings a pasuk. It brings a pasuk from Mishli, which says Rosh ve'ishtachachim nifgeshu. It means a person who's poor, poor in knowledge, who meets someone who's knowledgeable. This is mm-hmm. not the biggest, but he's knowledgeable. Meir ene shnehem Hashem. Hashem brings light to both of their eyes. And the Gemara says, When a Talmud comes to his Rebbe and says, Rebbe, teach me Torah. If the teacher teaches the Torah, Meir ene shnehem Hashem. Hashem illuminates both of their eyes. And as we shouldn't make the mistake that it's only the recipient that's receiving. The teacher receives an extra Meir ene shnehem. Hashem brings new light to his eyes as well. And that's the lahaz here, G'dayla malaktanim, that when the Godel, when the, when the one who knows more, has more experience, more exposure, is teaching the katan, he is also going to be shining much more through that. I'll finish with one last idea from the Rambam, which is, okay, so we said here that in every case one has to try to educate, even if the recipient is, uh, you know, ingrained and steeped in negative behaviors, even if they're very, very lowly, even all the evens. But, 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 but how? In other words, why, why is it going to work? Why are we so confident that when we try to teach something to someone, it's going to work? If there's so many reasons against it working, right? The person is steeped in it, the person is ingrained in it. What is it? And the answer is how we look at a yid. And we look, we have a, this look at a yid, and we'll see some, it's based in basic halacha. That we believe that every yid really wants to do the right thing, and really wants to keep the Torah and do the mitzvahs. They have a yitzhara. 
But no matter how bad the Yitzhahara is, and no matter what situation and circumstance, we believe that deep down inside, there's a part of that person that wants to do the Ratzon Hashem. And that's why we never ever give up on a Yid. Because you can't give up on them, even if they look so, 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 but we know there's, some, there's something inside that's waiting to be, to be opened up to. Now we're, I'm sorry? No, that Pintal That Pintal and, and it's just, it has to hear the right word, the right time. We don't know which word it's going to be and which, time, which try it's going to be. At some point, whenever it goes in, it goes, sinks in somewhere deep and ultimately will reach that person. And this idea is actually expressed in a basic halacha, and that's the last quote on the page, from the Rambam and the laws of Gerushin. <laughs> a very, very powerful Rambam. The, the basic point is, the Rambam is talking about the concept that, unfortunately, we know of it. Sometimes you have a man who doesn't want to give the wife a get. And, and she, does, she, she has a right and deserves to get the get. So the halacha is, the bezdin will tell the guy, you got to give a get. What if he says he doesn't want to? So here we have a unique halacha make him that the Bezdin can beat him, literally, physically, beat him until they force him to say, I want. That's a halacha. Gemara Ramba. can't do that today, no. Of course you could. I mean, you can't legally. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm being recorded. Okay. Anyway, so, so our time's up? No. No, no. no. So the Shiloh is like this. The, but that's halacha. So the question is, a, a logical question, what do you gain by forcing a guy to say, I want? I mean, clearly he doesn't want. Because if you want, you wouldn't have to force him. So what's the like? What's the game here? He he doesn't want, and to give a get, halakhali, you have to agree to give the get. So what do you gain by this? And the Rambam asks this question, and the Rambam says beautifully. He says, "Because we believe that every yid wants to do the ratzon Hashem, and if the bezdin paskin, then in this case, this person deserves a get, then he wants that also. The problem is his yitzhar is not letting him. So we we force the." The I want out of him, not that we're creating a new I want, we just want him to reveal what we know he wants. And again, it sounds like a nice Hasidic idea. It's the Rambam says it in Alocha. I just want to read the words of the Rambam. He says, The person who says, I don't want to give a get. There's no question this person wants to be Jewish. He, want, he really, he's a Yid. There's no question he wants to do all the mitzvahs. He wants to move away from Averis. We look at it as Yitzhar Hara is overpowering him. Is not letting his true desire express itself. Being that the Bezdin then therefore causes this person to be hit until he's weak, his Yetzirah is weakened. As far as we accept halachically, he willfully decided to give again. So when we really look at a Yid that way, we look at a Shaya that way, we look at a person that way, then, then even if there's all the reasons in the world why this is not going to work, we never give up. And we try again, and we teach again. Of course, in a soft way, in a loving way, in a nice way, in a way that we show them how it's beautiful, how it's shining. But ultimately, Emer Marta, it does get into another person, and this becomes our mitzvah and our schus to be part of that, um, giving over the Torah to another yet.